have no choice but to work with the Americans. But we cannot hide behind that wall of armor. I must say, it's now more clear to me than ever why we're here and why I ask you, my colleagues, my friends, to join me on this mission and why this mission requires the very best of the United Nations Diplomatic Corps. We are not here to fix Iraq. Not to tell its people what to do. We have to face the Iraqi people openly. Openly, as ourselves, as United Nations, this is who we are. And this is what we do best. the Netflix original movie podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at NomCastPod on Twitter and Instagram, or you can follow me at JokesOnDrew. All right, in just a few minutes, we will have a full spoiler-filled review of the political biopic Sergio, starring Wagner Mora and Ana Diarmas. But first, I wanted to kind of talk about some films that we won't be covering in full like we are with Sergio. Uh, films that have been out recently on Netflix that maybe you guys have watched, kind of maybe want some kind of micro opinions, or maybe maybe you're in quarantine and want to know what to look out for, maybe stuff that's here coming up, or wanting to see my opinions on these films that have just come past, maybe to see if uh, it's not worth the effort. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. And we will start with uh, the film Tiger Tail. Uh, this is a movie that if you listen to our 2020 preview, this was a movie that we, uh, myself and uh, also Mike from Mike, Mike and Oscar, thought, you know, maybe might have some sleeper potential in the Oscar race, might have some legs. Uh, this is a movie directed by Alan Yang, who uh, helped co-write, uh, co-produce uh, Master of None, if you've ever seen that on Netflix. Uh, and it's a movie that is about uh, a man's reflection back on his youth uh, and his journey from Taiwan to immigrating to America and kind of how his life has gone and his relationship to his daughter and his divorce and a lot of things going on here, a lot of heavy drama. Uh, but obviously it was something that I was looking forward to, um, but it's also something that I thought was kind of just okay. Uh, the movie's not bad. It's worth it's worth a look, um, but I didn't think there was really enough going on, a little uh, enough to really have a full discussion. Um, some of the angles that they had with it, I didn't really latch on to. Uh, the performances are good. Uh, Zima, uh, who you may have seen in Arrival or The Farewell uh, recently, uh, he's really good. Christine Coe, who plays his daughter. Uh, is really good. So there's a lot of good performances in it. Uh, a lot of things to kind of, you know, try to latch on to. There are some good moments. The cinematography is good. You could definitely see where Alan Yang is probably going to do some better things going forward. Um, but as for this one, it, w- it was, you know, 
uh, a B minus C plus for me. It was uh, it was good, but not worth having uh, a full discussion. Then there is the uh, the Taylor Swift Miss Americana documentary. You know, this premiered at Sundance. They brought this there, trying to to make a lot of headway uh, with this one, trying to you know gain a lot of notoriety, some steam, maybe some cachet going into a big festival like that. Obviously, this was all before we were quarantined, so we were still trying to promote movies. Uh, but this one, you know, it's again uh, something that I thought you know might be worth watching you know i'm not the biggest taylor swift fan so maybe people who are bigger taylor swift fans will enjoy this more than myself but i will say that uh for you know for something this high profile uh i didn't think it worked very well i think there are moments in there that are really i'm a big fan of like the behind the music series back in the day or or even just music docs in general if you get a good one uh, I latch on, but this one, you know, they kind of made it seem like, oh, it's this raw and emotionally revealing, uh, you know, documentary. And it's like, uh, I, I think the movie more works when you're kind of having either intimate studio moments where you can kind of see Taylor Swift's, you know, inner workings and, and frankly, some of her genius. I think she's a, a good songwriter and she's very quick. Uh, with her process and I thought that was kind of impressive Uh, and a lot of her backstory kind of like her origins coming up in the industry I thought was kind of interesting too but for a movie that's basically 90 minutes and most of it is kind of like okay I can check my phone not a lot going on here oh a weak political message that kind of didn't pan out okay there's that too okay she took a big swing okay fine uh so there's not a ton to go with that one so i would say skip that one unless you're probably a big taylor swift fan and you actually care maybe a little bit more than what i did and lastly of the stuff that i already watched uh i did try to take a chance on the film love wedding repeat uh which is directed by dean craig who was a writer uh for movie a movie that i actually did like uh death at a funeral uh the original, of course, I haven't seen the the remake that they did uh, back in 2010, but the original uh, I quite enjoyed. And this movie, uh, I could not get through the first half hour. Uh, I thought the narration piece that they used was tired and awful, uh, and I just couldn't get over it. Olivia Munn is good. A lot of the side characters are very annoying. Um, I'm sure, and the device that they use, uh, kind of, you know, repeating history and kind of, you know, trying to make things work in reality and having this kind of outside force working to make things work. I, frankly, I just couldn't buy in at all. I, I couldn't get through it at all. And there was another film that I tried, uh, which came out that same weekend as Tiger Tail and Love Wedding Repeat, uh, was the main event. So uh, WWE uh, is trying to make their foray into Netflix as well. I know they had a a TV series uh, starring The Big Show come out as well, Uh, but they also had a movie that's kind of geared towards kids, basically, uh, called The Main Event, 
uh, where, you know, I've heard it described as kind of like rookie of the year meets wrestling. Um, that's an insult to rookie of the year. And I'm not saying that as a person who obviously grew up with that film, but Jesus, uh, this movie, it's so weak and the, the wrestling stuff is cartoonishly bad. Um, obviously like in some regards, if you're comparing it to rookie of the year, yeah, the, the pitching itself, uh, looks semi cartoonish, but at least like the perspective of, uh, someone, the way, especially the way they shot it to, to kind of look like he could actually strike out an adult. Um, you know, cause if you throw fast enough, it's kind of the great equalizer. Um, but to kind of have this movie be where he puts on a mask and has like these superhuman strength, special kind of powers to defeat adults uh that it did not look well and this movie looked very cheap um so maybe it can pass for you know an eight-year-old who's really into wrestling um but god even as a person i have no hate towards wrestling i gave the movie a chance man could i not get through that first half hour for minutes before i decided to to quit on that one too so you know uh i would say those last three that i said are hard pass i'd give tiger tail a chance uh i might give it another chance myself uh because like i said it was a movie that i really wanted to work uh but it didn't fully work on me the first time and i felt like it maybe wasn't worth uh, a full scale episode but i do hope uh more for uh yang going uh in the future because i think he's got a lot of talent um, but a few movies that are coming up that I'm very excited for that, you know, we're going to cover here probably, probably all of these in full. So definitely, uh, take a chance on some stuff coming up in the next few days into the weekend here. Um, because Netflix loaded the deck again. Um, first we have the Willoughby's, which, uh, we definitely will be covering. Uh, it's a children's film filled with amazing talent. I know it's even, uh, produced or co-produced by Rickard, Ricky Gervais, uh, you know, and he is also a uh, the narrator of the film uh, as well. So uh, you know, you got Will Forte, Martin Short, uh, a lot of like big named voices uh, in this film as well. Um, so we will definitely be covering that. Uh, that comes out. Uh, that is already out by the time you're listening to this. That hopefully by the time you're listening to this as well. Time to hunt will be available on Netflix. Uh, it's a, a Korean film that looks pretty awesome. Uh, it's getting uh, some really high marks uh, coming out of... They, they had, I think, a limited release before, obviously, all the, uh, the quarantine situation happened, and then Netflix uh, gobbled them up for distribution or something like that. They were supposed to have a theatr- theatrical run uh, but Netflix stepped in and was able to scoop this up and, and have an exclusively play on Netflix uh, for their platform. So that's a movie that we should be taking a look at. I'm trying to figure out the best way to maybe kind of pitch that in. Sometimes the international films are tougher to kind of do full episodes, but I'm going to try to work that in as well. And then, of course, uh, on Friday uh, will be Extraction, which is uh, the big time action film. Uh, with starring Chris Hemsworth, uh, fr- who's Thor, obviously in the uh, Marvel MCU movies. You know, he's. I think this is a big foray into what he's probably going to round out doing. Uh, I don't know why he's not a 
as big a star outside of the MCU. I know a lot of people, even Chris Evans, you know, sometimes struggles to be something more than being Captain America. Uh, you know, maybe this is his way in. Maybe this is a start of something. I don't know if this is going to be, I don't think it's a franchise start or anything like that, but it looks like a really cool, I've seen some of the behind the scenes footage uh really cool at least as far as the set pieces are concerned uh so those are three movies that uh hopefully we should cover uh they're all coming out or already out by the time you're listening to this so give those a watch uh if you haven't and you know be sure to subscribe uh to our podcast so that way you can never miss an episode and and catch up with us and you know listen along as we give you our opinion and then obviously you can join the conversation with us uh on social media uh as we set up top at nomcastpod on twitter and instagram so come hang out with us and do that all right but right now as promised we will take you to our conversation with return guest my buddy chris frodell from arguing with myself about the brand new netflix biopic sergio be sure to follow Chris at ArguingWMyself on Twitter, at ArguingWith on Instagram, or simply search for Arguing With Myself Film Reviews whenever you get a chance. All right, here it is, Sergio. Give a listen. Oh God! This is the Two Sad Dads podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> coming live from quarantine. <laughs> oh God! But I, I am. I'm. I'm super glad to see you, man. Uh, regardless of the circumstances, yes. glad to hear your voice. Um, and you know, glad to have you back on the pod. We always have a good time here. Glad and to be of, back. Of course, if a movie has subtitles, the first person I think about is Senior Happy Pants. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Chris Frodell. Uh, so thanks, man. Thanks for doing this. Uh, oh, my I know pleasure. It's not easy doing this stuff uh, in 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 our situation. Uh, like we were saying, uh, two dads just trying to make shit happen. Yep. So uh, appreciate this. But I know it was a real twist of your arm to have you uh, sit down and watch this one uh, with <laughs> your wife uh, sitting there with a, you know kind of that squish in the chair, yeah. you know, like watching a, yeah. watching a movie with your parents on Cinemax when you're younger, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, this is mostly, uh, you know, uh, you know, a normal straightforward biopic, but, uh, you know, yeah. obviously when you throw in a sex scene with Ana de Armas, um, you're yep. going to have, uh, some weird, uncomfortable moments. Like <laughs> do you, I, I don't even think she's attractive. Not at all. <laughs> I just talk about the lighting. Yeah. Oh, well, it's, <laughs> I don't know. I think I would have used natural light instead yeah. of uh, the darkness. That, but speaking of that scene, yes. uh, I'm glad my wife was with me because I had pointed out: is there a uh, a blob where his crotches is? Is there a blur as of hmm. oh, hey, don't look there? But she can be fully naked. I didn't see that, but uh, obviously that's not too uncommon with these scenarios. This isn't, uh, you know, like the erotic thrillers of the 80s where, like, they're, like, having sex with each other half the time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's not a body of evidence or something, but, you know, this is uh, trying to keep it classy, sort of. Yeah, um, exactly. But, yeah, I didn't notice that, but it wouldn't shock me if that was the case. But I did feel, I did have that moment though, uh, as a, uh, a, a trying to be a good human being and maybe, yeah. uh, 
you know, a guy who's maturing, having raising a daughter and everything. But I was just yep. like, wow, it's a lot more for her than it is for him in this right. scenario. Kind of like this uneven thing. Although, muy, muy passionate. Uh, you know, passionate. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. But obviously, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to dwell too hard on that because uh, no. I do that in my own time. But uh, we'll. Uh, <laughs> I want to discuss this movie because yeah. the interesting thing. So going into it, I had this, you know, kind of just okay. It, it, it. I didn't know his story, Sergio. Nope. Uh, but I did. Emilio. Or- I, I think everyone comes to the party here because of Ana de Armas. She's, you know, a breakout star from Knives Out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know if you're aware of her 2020, but uh, hopefully nothing gets uh, eliminated in the quarantine. But uh, she has not only this movie, obviously, this is kind of the kickoff uh, for her 2020, but she's got the new James Bond film, No Time to Die. And speaking of the erotic thrillers of the 80s, she's doing... Uh, in a basically an erotic thriller with Ben Affleck called uh, Deep Water, uh, coming out later this year as well. And then she's also playing Marilyn Monroe in the movie Blonde, set to air, uh, to re- be released really? this year as well. So she's got a very, very busy schedule, uh, with some very high profile movies. And this is just the, the tip of it. And you know, uh, something we said a lot with, uh, the last thing he wanted, which is Ben Affleck's uh, Netflix film that came yes, out in uh, and Hathaway. Yes. Right. And yeah. Yes. And they, uh, you know, I, I felt like because he had that, he had the way back and he has uh, another movie with Matt Damon uh, directly directed by Ridley Scott coming out later in the year. So he has a lot going uh, on plus backwater or excuse me, deep water. So, you know, he's got, he's got a lot going on too. And his, was supposed to be a kickoff to kind of the year of Ben as well, which is interesting because they're yeah. both hooking up together now. But yeah, I informed my wife uh, during that scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you also know that he's going out with Ben Affleck? She's like, Oh my God, this woman's lucky because yeah. she went through the, uh, the, the previous uh, screen time she's had with other uh, hunks. Yeah. Yeah, and so. it's amazing. She, yeah, she went from hanging out with Daniel Craig to hanging out with uh, Wagner Mora here, uh, who is obviously no slouch. Uh, the man's very attractive. Uh, I, I, I did notice that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah he's a good looking guy. Good looking yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, and, and to be uh, for any bio, biopic, biopic, however anyone wants to say it, but uh, for any of these type of movies, I always am like, God, it's got to feel good that you get someone like good looking to play you. Like, there's always the yeah. like, oh, you know, hey, who'd you get to play me? Matt Damon? No, it's Paul Giamatti. Fuck you. <laughs> what happened here? Uh, you know, like, there's always oh, that God. theory, but uh, got a very good looking man for a very high profile politician. And like I said, I was here for Ana de Armas. Uh, yeah. just for the fact that she is on fire right now, and I want I wanted to see her performance. But the story about this movie and the story of actual Sergio uh, himself was very unique and very interesting. And I, I had a I had a good time here. Uh, so I don't know what your theory was on this or how you came into this, but uh, I I was pleasantly surprised. Um, 
I had zero knowledge of who this man was prior to the film. You, uh, you gave me an assignment and I watch. Yes, that happens a lot. <laughs> no, it, it, you know, you, you do choose these films and, uh, listen, you, you say, I need you for this. I'm here for you. <laughs> I'm coming in regardless of what it is, whatever the, the subject, as long as there's subtitles and it's in a foreign country. Yes. I'm in. But no, uh, this isn't the type of film where I'm just like, you know what? I must see it. You know, uh, if you didn't suggest it, I think even with Anna in it, um, I think I would have glossed over. But uh, I, I'm glad that I watched it. I'm glad that I know of this man. It seemed like he did a lot that I'm, I'm curious as to why we haven't heard the name mm. prior to this, prior to uh, the first documentary right. about the man, uh, which I found it funny that the director had done a documentary on this and then making uh, a biopic. Yeah. If you want to, um, I, I heard a great interview today uh, with uh, the director Greg Barker, Greg Barker. And, yeah, with Wagner uh, Mora as well on the interview uh, from Sundance that was airing on the Big Picture podcast. It was great. Uh, it was a great listen. And the story of how this all came together is actually also very interesting and unique as well because uh, they based this movie, uh, at least or it's credited that way, as uh, based on Samantha Power's book. Chasing the Flame, One Man's yeah, chase- to Save the World. Yes, exactly. Uh, so she wrote that book and she is friends with Greg Barker. So they were okay. just kind of discussing the story and kind of talking about the book. And he was so enamored with the story that he was like, we, we have to make a movie about this. Now, he wanted to make the, this type of movie. He didn't want to make a documentary to start. Oh, okay. And he always thought this was a feature film, but at the time she had sold the rights already to a more high profile director. And when the director had to pass, eventually the rights came available again and Barker snatched them up uh, and started to develop this story. Now, mm-hmm. what's even more interesting is that Wagner was interested in, you know, now having some success with Narcos and everything else that he wanted to start producing some films as well. And one of the stories that he wanted to tell was Sergio's story. And so wow. he'd put a team together. He was looking into who owned the rights to the book. And when he found out that Greg Barker owned the rights, even after doing the documentary and owning the oh, documentary geez. rights that he was like, well, what a perfect guy to team up with. So they reached out to him and then kind of made it together. So you're basically getting two very passionate people into this story that are bringing it and you can definitely feel that in how they they brought a balance to the story as well mm-hmm. as like a certain uh compassion and uh enthusiasm for for what they wanted to present on on the screen yeah i liked how uh the director uh what well, i'm just gonna say he he did it because of what you just said right. um how he inserted uh real footage from news uh, outlets uh, with the actual uh, narration of, of this uh, biopic. Yeah, I've um, actually seen that go horribly wrong recently. Mm, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know if you watched uh, Lost Girls on Netflix. but I didn't, no. 
that movie is the it's got a lot of similarities in terms of its background but yeah. two different executions altogether so lost girls was also a person who had a documentary background who you know was dealing in true crime who decided to make a film that was based on a true story true crime story and you know took a stab at being a first feature film which is exactly what greg barker does here the difference is lost girls played a lot like a documentary even as a feature which the rhythms and the notes don't translate well it seems very odd and forced and too reliant on old archival footage and and instead you have this movie which does very little but almost seamlessly kind of integrates them until the end when they're it's meant to show hey this is the real person and it kind of takes you out but you know there's only there's only one instance where i was just like this is unnecessary and dumb was the uh the what i the obligatory wolf blitzer uh cameo yes. that happens in all these movies that it, especially if you're in the middle east or any of these it's like somehow wolf blitzer is on every single one he was even in fucking mission impossible for no reason uh because they happen yes. to be overseas exactly yeah. when uh, bradley Whitford's character comes in you know says his his you know my friend that speech yes yeah let's let's go to him now it's like did you even need that no, like there, you didn't. there were uh, some segments, you know, that, and like I said, I'm no, in our, uh, in our messages to each other, uh, I said, I'm no prude, but the sex scenes seem to be a little uh, shoehorned. You know, I'm not complaining, yeah. but it seems shoehorned out of the whole narrative uh, uh, of the whole film. But, Honestly, uh, a lot of the exchanges between Carolina and Sergio kind mm-hmm. of have that happen a lot uh even though i buy into the relationship and i i bought into you know what it meant to the story and everything else yeah i would say that even if you take something that's highly romantic and shown into the trailer like the uh their first kiss in the rain in that market Mm -hmm. in uh east timor (laughs) the exchange there is still kind of forced because it's like he just got a letter from a general saying like what his demands yeah. were yeah. and she took it upon herself to walk into the rain and just approach him. No words, no nothing. Yeah. Uh, and just kind of like make out super hardcore, like, ah, <laughs> fuck the people from East Timor right now. Yeah, exactly. They're all looking strange. on like, what are they doing? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the rain isn't him. the only thing that's getting us wet. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> Low-hanging fruit. I'm sorry. But even um, there, there's a worse version of that than the market, too, where there's the one where he gets his ass handed to him by the general in East Timor. Yes. And as he walks away, she walks out, and she's just like, you doing okay? And it's like, yeah. you, you were there. You, you yeah. saw everything. You, you heard everything. Yeah. You did it in front of everybody in the room. So you know you shouldn't be okay. And then she like parlays like asking how he's doing into telling him like hey by the way i know you're married and you hitting on me is super weird yeah exactly i was gonna say aside from a bit of dialogue you don't know anything about his wife is he separated from his wife you know uh, what was going on with that and then they didn't even mention uh that they got 
uh, a civil union, the two mm. of them, uh, Carolina and, and Sergio. Posthumously, um, right? I don't know. I don't know. See, I don't know that. And I believe that's this... in the end credits. Like right after the movie ends, I believe they acknowledge that. Because those were quick. I'm they a were. slow reader. <laughs> yeah, if I didn't watch the film twice, I probably wouldn't have caught some of these things. And yeah. again, that's the beauty of the Netflix effect. I did pause because I was like, what the hell are they saying here? So I, right. I, I wanted to know. And uh, was it uh, the guy who played Gil? Brian F. Brian O'Brien. F. O'Brien. Yeah. Oh, burn. Sorry. <laughs> I can't even read my own notes. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was a, he's a long he was a composer. Yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah. I, uh, I remember him from flash forward and I was okay. like, he sounds funny because he's Irish. He's yes. born and raised in Ireland. And he has that, that kind of talking that I'm foreign, but I, this is my American accent. Right, right. Which is why he ends up playing priests a lot because he's got that kind of like I'm the Irish priest guy. Yeah, like if he it was comes in out, doubt. It's okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was in that movie Doubt. I believe he was also a priest in Million Dollar Baby, and okay. he was also possibly a priest in SVU for an episode too. Most likely. Most likely. I didn't touch that kid. <laughs> <laughs> don't we well, all? We evidence it says. Don't we all end up on an ep- episode of SVU? It's that's point? true. Uh, my appearance was brief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's my hand. No. Um, but yeah, so uh, at the end, uh, you know, saying that uh, the character of Gil was a composite of uh, a couple of people, I'm just like, okay, why do you, you know, why can't you just concentrate on his close associate or, you know, just have that one person? Why does it have to be a composite for the story? Yeah. You know? Especially if you're going to get your legs chopped off, you might as well uh, be some. And, and obviously he was stranded under the rubble with this person. So, you know, yeah. I hope that this is not like that. That's part of someone's story. And they're like, ah, oh, you're not interesting enough. <laughs> so we, right. we added some flavor to you uh, to, <laughs> yeah. to kind of color you in. Uh, I lost my legs. Yeah. And Steve, your name will be Gil in the movie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but nobody likes you steve i'm sorry (laughs) and that was the thing it was like um you know they're both in the same situation and uh you know you're choosing to take one over the other to get him out and then they they took their sweet ass time to uh to get back to uh sergio and be like uh oh no uh i think it's too late it's like right "What? what are you doing yeah so uh, while you bring that up, I am curious. Uh, mm. One of the the unique structures of this movie is the time shifts. Yes. Um, now, obviously, they go back and forth because he has a long history with uh, being a UN diplomat, uh, yep. going into different uh, you know regions that are you know in some kind of turmoil. Yep. Right. Uh, so you know they they touch on his time in East Timor slash Indone- Indonesia. I believe, yeah. right? Uh, and yep. uh, obviously his time in Iraq at the end there uh, and some of his failed attempts, which I thought that was humanizing and, and good to kind of balance the story of showing uh, failures previous to that yeah. uh, as well in different other situations. But mostly we see those two uh, and obviously, you know, times when he's in South America with his children uh, in Brazil or uh, there's a lot of different time shifts to different, you know, conversations, time periods, different things that go through. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think though, uh, even though I say all those things, I don't think it was jarring. Like there was only a couple of times in all those movements that I felt like not a bit of confusion, but almost like, was this one necessary? Did, have we okay. spent too much time in one or going back and forth? How did you feel about that? Uh, I, I feel the same way you do. Uh, there was uh, one scene in particular uh, where I believe it was leading up to leading up to the blast or his team meeting of, you know, uh, we have to have a strong cover letter or whatever. They went to right. that scene twice, but they kind of uh, changed it up. Yes. Uh, how it was perceived, but it still threw me off. That I'm like, did I hit the remote somehow? I mean, why are we <laughs> back on this again? Right. Just for them to like maybe carry the conversation on a little further. Yes. Uh, but it didn't really bring anything new. Yeah. Other He's than a-, a, a, a break in the conversation from shown previously. Yeah. And to make uh, matters more difficult, he also has kind of these delusions of him being with like his kids and Ana de Armas, like kind yeah. of like his kids in a young age too. Like, so obviously this break, you know, that he's having this kind of, uh, you know, fantasy or whatever while he's yeah. dying under the, under the rubble in the building. So, yeah. you know, it, it does shift a lot, but I, I didn't feel anything. And I think partly because, I mean, kudos to a first time director to handle that kind of structure. Uh, mm-hmm. But also he got very lucky that he had a great person playing Sergio and had yes. a very deep cast. And I think a lot of thoughtful choices. There were a lot of people who he was like, this was the first person I had in mind and boom, he got them like uh, Bradley Whitford being one of them, okay. um, which honestly he's perfect for any of these type of movies. Yet I feel like here he was kind of the sore thumb. I felt like he was almost too on the nose that he was just like, oh, yeah, I forgot this is a political movie. Bradley Whitford must be here. Um, So, you know, I don't know about uh, how you felt about that, but there are a lot of good performances here. And I will say to me, uh, this is a kind of a coming out party for Wagner Mora. I mean, like there are people who are, you know, obviously very enamored with Narcos. Um, and he plays obviously one of the biggest drug dealers of all time, Pablo Escobar. Right. So, you know, obviously that's important. And obviously he goes from being in Narcos to Narcos, Mexico and everything else. Mm-hmm. So he's heavily involved yet. I don't watch that show. I no, don't know. I don't who, either. I, don't, I, I, you know, I've heard great things, but I've never seen it and I've never heard of him and watching this and kind of his portrayal. I was like, I'd watch this guy in a lot of things. Uh, I, I he's he's very good at what he does. I thought he brought a lot to the character. He almost made Sergio almost feel like almost Obama like in, in like kind of like his demeanor and mm-hmm. but with almost just that little bit more of like a a passion, enthusiasm and a little slight more empathy. Uh, yeah, he he wasn't as um even though he's uh <laughs> through you know no you know easy way of of pinpointing uh he is very political and you picture anybody in politics to be very buttoned up and you know very serious and stern and he was just like you know talking to people like they're people you know he was rolling up his sleeves and saying we got to do a job we have to do this thing and 
he did it with a smile and he, he did it with charisma. Um, again, it's like, you know, he seemed like this good guy that I'm just like, I'm surprised at the attack. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, a lot of people looked at it as him sticking his nose in where it doesn't belong, uh, trying to make right what has been going on for, you know, hundreds of years. And right. then suddenly this guy is coming in to, to save us. No, forget it. You're just going to take over like everyone else. And, you know, uh, well, in, in a way he saw things correctly that any kind of association with the U S which is obviously not painted well in this movie at all, uh, in their involvement in Iraq, but, yeah. uh, the, the kind of noticing how we don't want to be associated with the the regime that they're kind of trying to set forth all the plans, the changeover that they had there. Yep. And, you know, but almost to a fault where he obviously sends the guards away and then they're attacked yes. almost immediately or it feels that way. I, the time right. in Iraq is a hard timeline to piece together in terms of like how long they were there before they were attacked. But yeah. it seems almost pretty quick. Like they're there and then almost immediately he had like a couple of meetings and then bam, the, the bombing happens. Um, it, it, yeah, it did feel like that. Um, they said that he, he wanted four months and right. maybe they're in two months. Yeah, I mean, possibly. there was no discussions of really kind of how long they were there to kind of give a perspective. And then also they were never like, Oh, we're almost towards the end here. Like there's, uh, yeah. you know, or, Oh, we're going past the time that I said. So there's really no calculation for the time that they're yeah. there. But again, something that I think is, you know, minor. It's something that's easily yeah, skipped over. So I would almost like to, to discuss kind of on a, maybe a macro level who won this movie to you because i think there are a couple of different people that you you really need to kind of focus on we've already discussed thus far but who do you think ultimately is the big winner of this movie is it greg barker for for obviously being a first time director first or at least in a feature film a fictional sense uh you know is this something where people are going to take notice of him that he might do more of this in the future that this is kind of his breakout as far as that is concerned, is it Wagner's for the fact that, you know, yes, Narcos is one thing. You played one character really well, but here's something in a, an American film on Netflix that also obviously has international reach. But, you know, uh, this is something that, you know, people can grab onto, especially with Ana de Armas's, uh fame mm-hmm. here to kind of bring viewers to it that I think this is a performance that can get some attention. Is it Ana de Armas for kicking off a year like this, uh, where right. she, she, she didn't stumble coming out of the gate. She didn't, uh, come off of knives out and have uh, a big clunker on her hands when right. the, all the eyes of the quarantined Netflix viewers are here. Um, you know, or is it simply the posthumous legacy of Sergio? Because, you know, obviously, you and I came into this not knowing this story. And now I, by the way, everybody, the documentary that Greg Barker did is also on Netflix right now, weirdly enough, even though it was uh, shot for HBO. 
Yeah, exactly. I saw, you know, the big HBO logo when I said, wait a minute, there was already a, uh, a Sergio. It's like, yeah. it was like, and that's how I found out the director had done that uh, yeah. first, um, 11 years ago. Yeah. But, um, I would say that for this film, uh, you go for Anna, but you stay for Wagner. Yeah. Uh, I- he, he really, he really did carry the film. Uh, uh, if you have no interest in him, then you don't have a film. Yes. Um, but I don't know, aside from us promoting this podcast, I don't know who's the draw for this. I don't know who, who will be talking about Sergio. Right. Uh, especially amongst uh, moviegoers uh, that we know. Right. I don't know. Everyone's going to be like, "Oh, I'm going to take a break from the Tiger King to uh, <laughs> to watch Sergio." You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, which is sad. I mean, you and I, we watch everything. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not shy from uh, reading my movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, no, it, it's I, I tend to like a lot of the the biopics uh only because you're getting insight onto people that you should have been aware of in the first place sure and it's uh it's it's an insight into who these people are you know uh yeah and and they're right in our backyard they're right in our uh news cycles sure um if you still watch news um <laughs> no i get all my news from the google th- um, but, uh, no, I mean, this was, uh, he, he definitely was an interesting character, uh, character, interesting person that they made, uh, uh, an interesting film for. Yeah, I, I did, you know, even though he's a complicated guy who obviously, you know, they kind of skirt over the, the whole marriage, the dissolution of yeah. the marriage or however that works or, mm-hmm. you know, and they, but showing, stuff and you're a dad yourself i mean it's Mm -hmm. tough a lot of those scenes where he had to walk away from his kids and you could tell his youngest is really distraught about uh certain mistakes he made or even just having to leave at a moment's notice or any of those remembering that he's allergic to shrimp well that's what i was saying i was yeah (laughs) that was the mistake i mean there's not a lot of scenes with them but man do they lay into that like hey you're not around here you you could be the best guy in the world but you're not there and you know they they had a scene where Ana Diarmas and uh Sergio uh had kind of like I think their first night together and they're having breakfast the next mm-hmm. morning and I felt like this one quote that they said uh that he says to Ana Diarmas uh that really kind of encapsulates the 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 tone of what his character is and how he's how he feels in, inside, especially about himself, uh, yeah. is when he goes, when I'm on a mission, I know what part I have to play in order to get the job done within a certain time frame. I think I'm not very good at indefinite assignments. I thought that was the most real the movie got, where it was oh, kind of yeah. saying, like, you know, I could be as great with people as I am. I could do all these assignments in, in hot, you know, hot zones where yeah. uh, a lot of unrest I could try to make people, you know, come together. I can try to make miracles happen, yep. but I can't be in two places at once. 
I can't right. split my time, uh, you know, uh, being there for my family and and making this work around the world as well. So, oh, yeah. you know, it's it is heartbreaking at times. Mm-hmm. It is also a love story. It is a an interesting political uh, movie. Uh, one question I had for you because I was thinking about it because we all watch a lot of biopics because a lot of times yeah. it's easier than reading. And, uh, you know, (laughs) we, uh, so we seek out these stories to kind of get like the essence of these kind of larger in life characters, whether Mm -hmm. they're well, well known, like seeing something like Lincoln or seeing something like this where I'm like, oh, I didn't know this story. Yeah. How did, how do you feel this one stacks up or did it, did it ring true to like, as a comparison, did you have a comp for any? other movie maybe you saw that kind of like, Oh, it has the same beats as this. Um, almost like red sea diving resort. <laughs> like I, I had, I hadn't, but better. Yeah. I okay. Better. Yes, uh, I agree. But the same better. thing, you know, they're, they're going on a mission. Uh, they're, they're trying their best to fulfill that mission. Right. And, um, possible infidelity you know sure uh, but you know i think we had that that same discussion with uh chris evans's uh character where uh he's based on a real guy right uh had several missions of trying to save these people and uh you know you weren't too sure on his home life but the mission was there and that's basically the the main thing that you had to pay pay attention to yeah Um, but again, it's like, I'm, I wasn't too aware of who the person was, uh, even the situations surrounding, uh, his involvement. Uh, right. I wasn't too sure. So I can't say, well, that, Oh, they did that wrong. You know, but it's something like, um, if you watch, uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. It's oh like, yeah. Where they got things know, wildly wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's wildly wrong or they're just hitting the, the beats that they should. You know, hey, remember Literally. this song? This is yes. this song, you know, and then move on. Yeah. And it's really, everything else is glossed over where I don't know if they did this with uh, this film, but I didn't, I didn't get stumped and questioned things. I, I right. was just like, oh man, this happened? Oh, wow. You know, I, I hope he, he makes peace with these people, you know, right. stuff like that. So it wasn't like... um I couldn't really compare it to uh, things that I'm aware of, you know, certain things like um, there's certain biopics that I see that I'm immediately taken out when the person looks nothing like the person they're portraying. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. And, but again, I didn't know who this guy was until the end where they show actual footage. And again, I was thrown off for like maybe a millisecond. Like, what's this about? Yeah. Oh, that's the guy. <laughs> <laughs> that always happens. Like, they always yeah. save it for the end. You go, wait, what? Uh, what wait, where was I? He was a black yeah. man. I don't get this. <laughs> speaking Spanish so fluently. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I don't know. Um, I don't really have a go-to answer for that. But I mean, that's that's what you get with uh, the biopics. Uh, you can get real great ones where you are just absorbed with the uh, the narrative or you can be taken out by every little thing with this. I was not taken out by any little thing. 
Right. Uh, what I would say, let me throw this one at you because I've, okay. I've, I've, I've seen I the movie twice. Love that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, you no, made I, a lot of good points. I didn't even think about the Red Sea one, but you're, you're actually pretty spot on with the analogy. The, um, uh, so at first I was like, okay, well, there's not a lot of political movies where they're about one person where it really focuses hard on one person and their story. I mean, yeah. movies like Lincoln or Milk come to mind where it's like, right. especially Milk, where it's kind of, you know, really focusing on the life outside of the politics as well as being a politician or growing into a politician. Mm -hmm. So, and obviously it ends horribly for both politicians in those stories as well. Uh, so there, and obviously, you know, there's, a, you know, something with this story too where you know something bad happens as well so but that was my first inclination and then the more i thought about it and the more i heard them kind of talk about this story i actually felt a, a close uh tie to the two popes oh, okay. and i'll tell you why so like if you think about it like pope francis is kind of a very similar story coming out of south america had a past where he made certain mistakes on missions or trying to stick his nose in something politically that went wrong and was kind of like, if you talk to the wrong person, they think that person is terrible at their job. They think that person shouldn't be anywhere near uh, being this high prestigious office that they have or, mm -hmm. or thinking that this person walks on water with some people think about Pope Francis and obviously felt about Sergio where he got down to being kind of a, you know, the Madonna of uh, your share category yeah. where he went by one name uh, for a lot yeah. of people. So, but, you know, obviously his story was complicated. He had yeah. to basically abandon one relationship to kind of make the best out of the relationship that he ended up having, which was basically with God and his people. So, yeah. you know, and it shows kind of his redemption story and his you know, ascendance. Uh, obviously, it doesn't end in any kind of, uh, you know, death or anything else here. Yeah. But, you know, but I found those two stories to be very similar in how they're kind of structured. Um, and, uh, and obviously, I like both movies, so uh, I don't yeah. mind the structure at all. So what do you think yeah, about that? Because I think you saw two popes, right? I saw part of. I didn't see the the completed version, but you okay. know, we're we're living it, man. We, you saw the rough cut I when know, you were in. I know producer. those guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, like I I definitely see those similarities. I mean, that's that's the way you made it sound pretty spot on itself. So I mean, uh, I'm writing a book, so I hope. Oh, nice. Yeah, I optioned nice. it right now. <laughs> Nerd, right? Okay. <laughs> No, it seems very, uh, very uh, tangential uh, yeah. that that it could uh, be perceived that way. But yeah, I just again, I I liked it. I didn't love it. You know, right. it's not like oh yeah, you know we we got a winner here. We you know I watched it. Uh, I was assigned to watch it, and <laughs> yeah. uh, I know, but I I enjoy our conversations about it. Uh, if I didn't discuss any of the films that I've seen, then what's the point, you know? Right. Um, and I, I will say it, it is, it does have flaws. I mean, it definitely has some things that uh, maybe not a first time director wouldn't have done. And we kind of went through some of those. There are some mm -hmm. clunky scenes. There are some scenes that I think easily could have been chopped out. 
But yeah. overall, I think the movie flows very well. The time shifts are pretty uh, crisp and clean and, and don't get bogged down too much in, in one time or another. Yeah. Uh, I think the performances are at the top are very well done. Um, you know, Anna did really well in this. I thought, uh, you know, it really she's almost the perfect something. person. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty I much. Mean, oh, and there's a fun story with that too. If you want to hear, if you didn't know, I but uh, love. So one of the, uh, the guy who played the security detail for Sergio, uh, yes. went, uh, when he was in there, he was uh, going to have a lunch meeting while they were in pre-production uh, for this film, still casting. And uh, he happened to be going out to lunch with Anna de Armas. And they were, oh. and th- th- she was first on their list to cast in the movie. He had just gotten cast himself. So it wasn't even like he oh, wow. planned this. Yeah. And they were like, so you want to slip her the script? And basically she read the script. She was like, I have to do this. I haven't talked to my agents or anything, but you can't cast anyone else without me. And then she ended up doing it and she hit a home run. So, and they hit a home run by having her. So, and, and obviously all that was before knives out. So uh, they really kind of saw where this career was going. And, you know, I definitely don't think this is a hindrance to her career. I think it's a great start to 2020 versus Ben Affleck. And the last thing he wanted, which was awful, an awful yeah, movie. I heard it was awful. He's very not good in it. Like he's a very odd character. Uh, but yeah. I think that's more on the direction or on the page than him, but like Jesus, yeah. not good. Um, and I've heard mixed things about the way back. I'm interested to see it, but, um, you know, obviously maybe not the year that he intended. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, I, I still support the fleck. You know, yeah. I, I, oh, I sure. really, I, I wish him well. I hope he gets his stuff together and come on. He's got Anna on his arm, you yeah. know? Yeah. No, he, you could do much worse. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, so I think overall, like you said, I, I, I like this movie. Uh, when I rewatched it, I think more of the flaws come to the surface. Uh, yeah. Some of the things are less effective. But I think most people aren't me, and they won't be rewatching this movie all the time. So I think on its surface, it definitely will be effective to tell this guy's story and to really kind of hammer home you know, the kind of thing that we're trying to do right now where we're in a, in a crisis of our own. You know, yeah. we're looking for people who have a little bit of compassion for the situation, empathy for people who, you know, obviously we have a lot of people who are out of jobs. We have a lot of people who are, you know, stuck in their homes. You know, all we need is someone to, to just kind of be real and try to make a, a situation work out. Um, we don't have that kind of leadership right now, but I wish, you know, for someone uh, to maybe step up. So uh, right. we'll see. I'm, I'm not talking about our I president can't. or anything. I, no, I can't no. uh, engage in that. But, Listen, um, we're here to talk about a political film. We're not here to talk about politics. Okay. <laughs> I said it. I said it. Absolutely. I, where was my head? I said, <laughs> I want to talk about uh, Sergio's ability to uh, make an elaborate arts and crafts display while being in East Timor, where there's no CVS or uh, Michael's or uh, Hobby Lobby, if you follow that way. Uh, Listen, to do this whole thing. It's a very impressive feat. He, he, he was amazing. He, um, <laughs> I he mean, makes things happen. I, I don't want to say Christ-like, but <laughs> the man can do a lot. Yeah. Okay? 
and especially with uh you know some candles and some heart-shaped decorations he does an amazing job where he gets all the construction paper no idea i i don't where does he find the time when he's trying to diffuse uh uh factions yeah of of people uh he makes uh nice draperies yeah, he, he he's literally creating paper. the first new nation of the 21st century and somehow has time to do more arts and crafts work than I do with my five and three year old, respectively. So it's amazing. You're lazy. You're lazy. <laughs> I, I, said it. That, I said it. Bring the kids in. They'll back me up. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's bring them in right now. Hey, here Listen, we are. No, it's <laughs> he uh, he probably got an assistant. He was like, you know, listen. I want to impress a girl. Yeah. How much construction paper do you have? <laughs> I don't care. Get leaves. Fly it in. Yeah, See, fly that's it why in. he took so long to like apologize and really formulate his feelings. He wasn't like just trying to gather himself. He was just waiting for the shipping from Staples to come uh, in so he can uh, make some work happen. Uh, we're going WB Mason. It's <laughs> not a sponsor. Sorry. No, this isn't a Yankees <laughs> game. So the. Uh, but, <laughs> But, I mean, listen, uh, the movie satisfies uh, a lot of the itches that they probably wanted to do, and the movie mm-hmm. ends all the way, uh, ends the way that all heterosexual men want it to end, uh, with Sergio out of the picture, so we can focus <laughs> on Ana de Armas swimming in a bathing suit off the coast of where I imagine Andy Dufresne hid his treasure at the end of Shawshank. That's true. But, hey, whoa, 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 spoilers. <laughs> I'm sorry. Come yes. on. I'm sorry. That isn't the most watched movie in the history of mankind. My apologies. Nope. Uh, Never seen it. Never nope. seen it. Nope. Nope. Morgan <laughs> most Freeman. popular what? movie since Star what? Wars, probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God. But uh, this was great, man. I think we, we tackled everything I wanted to hear. And, and obviously, it's great to see you, even nice if it's over you. Uh, you know, the cams. You're a yep. cam girl now. Congratulations oh my God. Uh, on your step oh my God. up. Here's my step. <laughs> I just Venmoed you right now. I hope you appreciate it. Oh, oh, wow. That is very generous of you. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, you're a lovely lady, sir. So I appreciate (laughs) all your time, and uh, I hope to do this again, uh, even if it has to be this way. But hopefully soon we'll get to see each other eye to eye like uh, two grown men should. (sighs) So nice. So nice. I appreciate it. 